Welcome to the Hunting Dog Public Podcast. This is your host, Mason Bush. Welcome to the show. Today's word. Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will succeed. Proverbs 16.3 Hey guys, if you're in the market for a new pair of boots, head on over to coonhuntersupply.com. Check out the Razor Chaps. Razor has teamed up with Yoder Nylon to make some of the best chaps on the market. If you want durability with the chrome to go with it, look no further. Whether you need boots and chaps, pouches, or just apparel, Razor is your one-stop shop for it all. Head on over to coonhuntersupply.com or give them a call at 574-328-0856. Thanks. Hey guys, we've teamed up with Light Boots. They have the lightest 16-inch waterproof boot ever made. They have a one-piece injection mold design which increases durability. Some people say they are like walking on a cloud. All I know is if it ain't light, it ain't right. Go check them out at lightboots, L-I-T-E-B-O-O-T-S dot com. And they gave us a discount code for 10% off, T-H-D-P-10. Y'all go check them out. This is Mason Bush with Hunting Dog Public Podcast. Today, we're in the little town of Holly Grove, Arkansas. I've come over here for the weekend and hunted with my buddy Chad Doolin. We're staying at Clifton Crosby's cabin. How you doing, Chad? I'm doing pretty good. It's Sunday morning. I come over here Friday night. We we run some catfish lines. And hunted my pup and run some more lines yesterday. Caught a few bass and went hunting last night. We've had a we've had a good weekend treed plenty of cones and caught plenty of fish well i guess uh go ahead and get her started uh chad go ahead and tell us about yourself a little bit well i grew up in Bryan, arkansas and uh, i'm 50 years old i have a plumbing business and we do a lot of work around little rock benton area got some pretty good guys that work for me i couldn't couldn't do it without them and uh, coon hunt fish and grew up coon hunting when i was uh about 13 14 years old a guy that lived or boy that lived down the road from us about six seven years old or older than I am, named Casey Phillips, coon hunted, and he asked me if I wanted to go one night, and I did. I was just real little then, and <clears throat> he he took me down to Jenkins Ferry down south of Sheridan with a blue tick and a walker, and we treated a couple of coons, and I was hooked from that moment on, and. Um, I got to meet a guy that was a retired fireman named Jim Mullins that had English dogs not long after that. 
started hunting with him all the time. He'd come pick me up, take me home, gave me a little English pup, and I hunted it and got it going. He was pretty mean. I didn't keep him very long. <laughs> and then I ended up, uh, I hunted with Jim quite a bit there for a year or so, and I got to meet Cole McAllister. He lived, oh, probably about five miles from my parents' house, and he he had the Gold Creek Mundo dogs and won the world hunt with that stock of dogs and was famous for that era for the dogs he had. <clears throat> Cole got to coming over and picking me and my four-wheeler up. We'd hunt every night, and... He has some really good dogs. I saw a, little, a different side of coon hunting then because he was real serious. We would stand at a tree for 45 minutes till Cole found a coon to kill it. Mm. And this was uh, back in the day when you couldn't kill coons from except from November to the end of January. But we hunted all year long. <laughs> and uh, so um, <clears throat> anyway, uh, well, hunting with Cole got, got me to meet Glenn Statler, Bill Seitz, Eddie Romine, um, Jimmy Emerson. Just there was a, a group of guys there. They hunted, a lot of them hunted together. And they all lived with they all lived around me nearby and uh you know glenn he came over and picked me up one night to go hunting in a old beat up chevy love with a hood bungee strapped down <laughs> he had a well wooden dog box in the back and a hunting this dog named hector and we were down at poen arkansas and oh, Hector treed a coon across a pretty good sized clear cut. And Glenn stood up on that wooden dog box in the back of that Chevy Love and shot that coon out across that clear cut. And I, I thought I was with a, a celebrity then. John Wayne. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, I hunted with these guys a lot. But, you know, back, back then, you know, Cole and all of them. They killed every coon they treed. And that was kind of the way I was raised up hunting with, with these guys that killed every coon. And back the game wardens were hot after the coon hunter back then. Cole would go down to pawn shops and he'd buy up all these 22s for $30, $50 or whatever. And down on Moore's Lake Road and Big Island and places like that. That, that we hunted at he'd have 22s hidden hollow logs and den trees and stuff like that and we and you know we're shooting cb 22 shells because they were quiet and um you know you, you'd come out of the woods and have to go through a gate and that's where the game wardens be waiting on you at the gate and they'd search your truck they know you using their killing coons <laughs> But they never found a gun. Right. And, um, you know, I, when I was in 
high school, I went to Votech for two years and took welding. And I built a dog. My, my goal in there was to build a dog box with a hiding spot in it. <laughs> so I had, a, I'd built this dog box out of square tubing, lightweight square tubing, riveted sheet metal on it. And the driver's floor was on a hidden piano hinge. And you could stick a small Phillips screwdriver through a rivet. And I had this mechanism, a spring-loaded mechanism, where you could unlock that floor and raise that floor up on a hinge. And I had styrofoam underneath it cut out just like a gun. And you just lay the gun in styrofoam, shut the lid on it. That's pretty smart. Yeah. Uh, they take that it was a game worn down there named james hartness and he'd even take the dog box out of the truck looking couldn't find it and it was right there <laughs> <laughs> and uh so it's, it was a it was a cat and mouse i never got caught now cole and all them they'd all been caught which made them smarter <laughs> but uh um matter of fact one night I wasn't with them, but they were hunting down south of Sheridan and Cole and some other guys. And I want to say that game board's name was Canadal, but the, they repelled out of a helicopter and and rounded them all up and locked them up in the deer camp until some other game wardens could show up to sort through all the the ticket writing and all that. Well, they didn't get Cole. Cole was a out in the woods but cole slipped up there to that deer camp and got his two dogs out of a truck and walked out of there wow so and and which reminds me of another time we were hunting me and cole were hunting at hurricane wildlife measure area up in around ball knob arkansas one night and we had a little code we'd be walking back toward the truck and i'd lay back with a gun and uh leading a dog cole would go to the truck and pour a cup of coffee eat cookies and goof off for a minute and if the coast was clear he'd toot the horn and i'd come out and get in the truck load my dog get in the truck we get out of there and this one night we were down there and he never tooted the horn but i heard him drive off so i'm sitting down there on the edge of the woods on the edge of gravel road for the rest of the night, a couple of hours. Well, the game warden had been sitting up there and he'd check Cole. And Cole didn't have anything. And they let Cole go. And Cole went all the way back to Benton from Ball Knob and got his wife's car and drove all the way back up there at that WMA. Pulled up there and popped the trunk. And me and the dog and the 22 got in the trunk of the wife's car and he took us out of there back toward Ball Knob and then he let me up front. <laughs> so we got away with it. You dodged many a bullets. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but I was taught by the best. Right. And um, it, it's, it was some good times. And, and, I, and I learned a lot. Uh, I guess that's why I've always been bad about shooting shooting coons. I've noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> I've killed a many of them. We was talking about last night. You've probably killed more coons in the state of Arkansas than anybody ever has. At this point, you know, a, a people still hunting. But I got a lot of coons. Right. 
I mean, like last night, we made four trees that had five, six coons in each tree. Mm -hmm. I mean, all the places that I hunt at are just overrun with coons. We're, we're not hurting them. Right. And, you know, it's kind of like, in my mind, it's like a guy going to work. You know, he, he don't go to work and not get paid. Right. So these dogs like to chew on coons. And uh, as part of, I guess you would say, the way I get a dog ready for a hunt is shooting coons out to them. But then I send them on hunting from right there. To my, you know, that way they don't want to come back and chew on that coon. They go find another one. Mm -hmm. And just recasting them from dead coons. And I, I just, I've never had a dog have a problem going back to trees. Right. And I know some people do from shooting coons out, but it's just never happened to me. Some of my favorite times hunting is coming over here and us, us going to this local refuge and killing coons. It's it's like a zoo over here. It is. It is absolutely a zoo. Right. It's going to be tough hunting this winter. Cause like you saw yesterday, we took a ride through the refuge on the side-by-side, -side and it looks like a hurricane went through there. There's so many trees down and... If the people coming over here to hunt this winter are going to have a, a chore trying to have a good time to hunt. There's so much timber laying down. Absolutely. If you're not familiar with it, you better you better be careful if you plan on coming this fall. So. But, you know, I <clears throat> I, I like I, I like a good I like to hunt a good dog and. Uh, you can really put the polish on one over here in the wintertime. Mm -hmm. It don't take but a night or two to, to really gut one over here. Um, I know I've come over here maybe three or four times and hunted with you. Stayed a couple nights at a time. and After about two nights, you, you and the dog gut, is gutted both, especially especially an older dog. And it, it, it don't take seven, eight hours cutting from tree to tree. It don't, it don't take long to, to get one gutted. Mm-mm. They cover a lot of territory, and but usually you can you can put some. Well, when we're over here hunting, one. when we're over here hunting, we're trying to get the most out of it the whole weekend. Right, get hunting until three, four, five o'clock in the morning to just get the most we can. Right, it was four o'clock before we got in, laid down last night. But it's the mosquitoes this time of year over over in this country are killer. It was tough. Between that and the gnats and just the heat. It wasn't that bad yesterday. I believe it was hotter last night than it was at noon yesterday. I, I would believe I would believe that. The humidity is something else. But. Well, who, um, I guess you've been hunt, hunting this refuge your entire life. Who, who really introduced you to all this and has showed you the ins and the outs? I was coming over here when I was younger, and I'm trying to remember who brought me over here the first time. Um, you know, Clifton knows this refuge in and out, and we've been all over it, fishing, coon hunting. I mean, we found a lot of places to coon hunt, uh, or I say that, we found a lot of places to fish from coon hunting. 
because we'd have a dog tree and there'd be a lake mm-hmm. that we didn't know was there because it wasn't on a, a map or a garment it'd just be a little oxbow lake in the woods and we'd have a dog tree bite and we'll, you know you mark it and you go back in there then you catch an ice chest full of bass right and it, it, Clifton he really knows this place because he was coming in here fishing and hunting back when you you could drive jacked up four-wheel drive trucks anywhere you wanted to in here and you pull boats in and winch yourself into a lake and so he really knows it as good as anyone and he 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 showed me a lot he's he's super intelligent he's great guy great friend very determined on on the fish too he left yesterday morning about daylight and didn't get back till nearly six yesterday evening. Pulled his four-wheeler in a little flat-bottom boat over to a hole, and see, it was nearly a five-mile ride on the uh, on that four-wheeler just to get just to get that flat-bottom in, and got to break beaver dams and just and everything just to get into these little holes. But he he catches and fish. He enjoys catching fish, and he. Threw all the fish he caught yesterday, threw them back. Right. Because got a freezer full in there. He just enjoys catching fish. Mm-hmm. He's uh which I plan on getting him on here one day as well. He's he's got a lot of a lot of knowledge I wanna pick his brain about, but he can tell you dog bloodlines uh back in the eighties, nineties and He's very sharp on all that. He's had some good dogs throughout his day as well. Yes, he has. Well, let's fast forward a little bit. Um, you know, most people know you from Habits Bad Son. Was there was there another dog that you really pushed in the hunts before Son ever come along? No, I hunted in some local hunts here and there before I got Son. Just I'd go to him occasionally run down to Wheeling Springs. Back in the day, that was pretty much the strongest club in Arkansas. And they, you you would park way down the street to get to this building, the whole, whole rundown house. And for a $25 hunt, they, they might be 10 cast of dogs or more. And uh, there was a lot of coon hunters down in that country back then. And uh, that that's how I met Mitch Pennington. You, Mitch me and him been friends and his brothers uh, since we were young and um, you know we would go down there and hunt and that was back in the day where you had to have a good score getting a final four or you just go home right and you know nowadays you win your cast you're 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 in in the money because these local hunts just don't really pick up a lot of entries anymore but I'd hunt a few local hunts here and there. Uh, first hunt I ever went to, uh old guy named Joe Thompson, he was a coach up in Sherwood, North Little Rock area. <clears throat> Him and Babe Dabs had a blue tick named Usman Blue Abe that Babe Dabs had won the ACHA World Hunt with. And I was hunting with them guys a little bit. And Joe asked me if I wanted to go to a competition hunt at Friendship, Arkansas. I said, yeah, I'll go. He said, you want to hunt away? But I said, yeah, I'll hunt him. And I won my first coon hunt. Mm. 
and I really didn't get the fever of hunting the competition hunts until I lucked up on the sun dog. Tell me about him, how he come along. I know he was he was done up in age a few years when you got a hold of him. Where where was he at his earlier part of life? He came from out around Tim Kramer's, because that's Tim Kramer's stock of dogs, him and Andy Mathis out South Carolina area. And I'd never heard of the dog. I, I'm trying to think who won. They placed something in the Super Stakes where he won like $2,500 or something when he was young. And somehow or another, Larry Gilbert, which is... Everybody knows, remembers who Buddy Gilbert was. The whole Gilbert family won coon hunts. Steve Brown, Larry Gilbert, Buddy Gilbert, Asel Honey, that whole clan around Cabot area, BB, were big winners back when I was a kid. And, uh, well, anyway, Larry Gilbert ended up with Son. And I didn't know it. I didn't never hunt with that dog. I was hunting a little black and tan female that I picked up one night I went hunting with some guys and she might have been 10, 11, 12 months old but she stayed treed for 4 or 5 hours before we could get to her and I named her Cherry Poppins and that's what I had at the time and before we get too, too far on Sun uh, we, we can talk about Cherry a little bit and She at one time she was at the top of the reproducer list on the black and tan female she you? was Let's talk a little bit about her before we get too far in the sun. Yeah, that that's fine because she she was a dandy. Um, I ended up I wanted that female, and I'm not a young dog, I'm not a dog trainer, but I saw a lot in her and I wanted her, but I couldn't get her bought. But the guy that owned her wanted another old man had a Walker female and he wanted it, so I ended up going and buying the Walker female from that old man and then taking and trading for the black and tan female <laughs> and was probably trading a better dog in the walker for the for cherry cherry you know which was she was a great started dog at the time but i got her and i was hunting her she never barked on the ground when she barked she was treed she could ambush a lot of coons by that style and just a machine gun tree dog and I, I just started hunting her and shooting coons out to her she was a great great dog I liked her um, it's kind of funny I went to Hattieville Arkansas and took that dog up there took Cherry up there to hunt her in UKC hunt and I've, I've never won at Hattieville it's kind of some rough hunting it's almost like this is fate because I didn't go to very many UKC hunts either, but somehow or another I got drawn into going with Bear to Hattieville with the hunt, the UKC hunt. And this is where I'm going to skip to the, the sun part. And so I'm out there in the parking lot. I'm talking to Sam Spencer, which he's passed away now. But we were sitting there talking and a vehicle pulled up and this guy got out and I didn't know who he was and got son out of the truck and tied him to the tailgate. Dog looked bad. 
just skin and bones. Sam Spencer, he said, you see that dog over there? I said, yeah. He, he said, if you had that dog, he'd be powerful. And I said, well, what is he? He said, well, that dog named Son out of Bad Habit. He said, me and O.D. Funk are partners with that guy. And he don't like him, and he's wanting to sell out. And um, I said, well, what, what's wrong with the dog? He said, he just needs to be hunted and taken care of. So I walked over there, that guy, and I said, well, Sam says you want to sell out your part of this dog. And he said, yeah, I want $800. So I gave him $800 and grabbed the dog and went over and stuck him in my truck. And I didn't win anything that night with Cherry at that hunt. But I got Son home. So now I'm kind of partners with Sam Spencer and O.D. Funk on Son. And Sam had said, you know, if, if you want to own him all, you can. But I didn't even know what I had at that time. So I got him home. I didn't hunt this dog for a month. I'd spent time trying to get him looking good and healthy. His ears were so infected, you couldn't even touch his ears. And I, I, I didn't even hunt him for a month. Well, the first time I took him hunting, I was going down to Houston, Texas, and James Wadley grew up about two blocks away from me when I was a kid, but he ends up moving to Texas years ago, and and he always coon hunted. And I had to go down to Houston for a few days. And I called James and said something about going hunting. And I took Son with me. And I think James was hunting that cougar female. And one night, Son treated four coons in, in a row, shot all them out. Matter of fact, he was treated over on a pond and had a coon treat in a willow tree by this old fish pond down there. And there was an alligator about four or five feet away from him, just looking at him. Mm. So I walked in there, and I shot the alligator. Then I shot the coon out. <laughs> and so the next night, he treats four more coons. And I'm walking around at one tree. They got palmettas down there, big palmettas. And I'm walking around this tree looking for this coon. Well, I walk up on a big rattlesnake. So I kill this rattlesnake. Then I kill a nut, kill a coon. <laughs> so I, so I'm, I'm down there on, I just on a killing mission. But this dog looked really good, but he chewed bad. Well, I got back to Little Rock. I went up to O.D. Funk's office, and, and I bought him out. So I had $1,100 in this dog. Wow. Uh, he had won about... Four thousand dollars at the, and I think he was seven when I got him, and that that was kind of in late in the year of two thousand and eight. Well, I just started hunting him, brought him down here. I had him and Cherry, and I, I stayed down here for like ten days at the refuge hunting. And I got pictures, just a trailer full of coons I was killing with these two dogs. And I hunted in a few local hunts around Tull, and I was winning with him. And I'd won enough that he was in the 24th spot of the 
state standings for 2008. And I didn't really go anywhere, just local, Sheridan Toll. So in a hundred mile that winter down here, and I was at a casino on New Year's Eve at Tunica when 2009 rolled, rolled around. And on New Year's Eve, J.J. Waters had called me and said uh, there was a hunt at Shonga, Louisiana, down there at Casey's. And he said, you want to go? I said, yeah, I'll go. And it had added money and all that. And I went down there and cleaned house with son that night. Mm. Then the next night they had some big added money hunt in Hope. And it started snowing. There was snow on the ground. And I ended up winning it all, hunting it off. And so for the first two two nights of the year, I'd already accumulated a, a little chunk of money with him for a state race. And I I had a lot of fun with him. He he made it easy. You didn't have to be a handler. You just strike him and treat him. Right. And he made it a whole lot of fun. So I just, for the month of January, you know, most people go to the Lone Star to get the truck tickets and hunt down. Your truck tickets are based off who wins at the Lone Star. Mm -hmm. I didn't go down there. I hunted all local hunts around Arkansas for that month and got a truck ticket. Yeah. And I look on the internet there at the end of the month, and I never cared about running any kind of race or anything like that before, but I look. I'm leading the mail race at the end of the month of January. The national mail? Yeah. Wow. So, you know, the year starts October 1st. So everybody's had all this chance from October 1st to the end of January to win all their money up to that point. And I jump out there in January and I'm leading the mail race. And I thought, well, it's pretty neat. And I thought this might be an opportunity to do something I've never done before. So I hit the road with that dog, and I hunted him in 15 states till September, and I won some and I lost some, and and Jeff Travis and Zeb Three were hot on my heels. I only think I beat them by maybe a hundred dollars or a couple hundred dollars when it was all over with. Wow! But it, it was a lot of fun. Just hunting $25 hunts, $50 hunts. And that put Son winning the Arkansas State Race with $5,514, which nobody had ever won a state race with that amount of money. And national leader, Walker breed leader, and and it was it was a good time. Racked up a lot of miles. You won the, the state championship with him a few years, too. Did, did you win it that year? No, actually, that, that brings up something else. Uh, when, when I was in that 24th spot for the year of 2008, they had the state hunt down at Magnolia. I got to hunt in it because no dogs from 15th or 14th to 24th showed up, and that put me all the way into getting the hunt and state hunt. Just uh, an accident well I got him in the final four 
I actually got him in the final four of the state hunt four years in a row. And I, I think it was 2011 when I finally won it. And, um, was but I'd finished first, second, third, and fourth. <laughs> was that the last year? Was 2011 the last year you got him in? Mm-hmm. And it, what's, what's funny about that is that was the year they had it at Hattieville. I've never won a cast at Hattieville in my life till I won that state hunt in 2011 where I bought that dog. Mm. See, it's kind of a... Brought it, you back around. It, it's, yeah. It's a coincidence. It's, it's kind of a fake deal how all this t- took place, but that dog was a machine. Yeah. He got to chewing so bad that it started costing me cast. He'd have coons. And... He, you know, he was the type of dog he didn't want to be petted on. Uh, he he didn't want you touching him. He just wanted to be turned loose. And he got to chewing so bad. Uh, someone told me about a vet down in Camden, Arkansas, old man that was an old coon hunter that would cut teeth. And I called that guy and um, asked him if he could cut the canines down on my dog. He said, yeah, bring him on down here. Well, I'd planned on going to the Tall Corn Classic. That back actually, that was in 2009 when I had that done, because I wanted to go to that Tall Corn Classic and hunting them added money hunts cause for the try to win that national race. Well, I took my son down there and we took him in the back and he knocked him out, and he took a Dremel tool and sawed all four of his canines down to about the root, and he said, "Well, you'll have to come back and pick him up tomorrow." I said, I'm not leaving him here. We're going. We're leaving from here right now, going to Iowa to hunt in the Tall Corn Classic. And he said, okay. So we could put him on a stretcher and walk that stretcher out there to the tailgate of my truck, and I slid him into the dog box, and we hit the road from Camden going to Iowa, <laughs> and he started coming to, and he was kicking. He was laying on his side back there, kicking the walls on side walls on that dog box. <laughs> It sounded like gunfire when he was kicking on it. <laughs> and I checked on him, and he was coming to. And so, anyway, I got him up there. And that night, they had one hour cast, uh, added money. I won the first cast with 575. And I was just wanting to split and go get a room and let him rest. Yeah. I'd, I wanted to rest. It's a long haul up there. But Dav and York wanted to go hunt it all. So we did, and I won that late round with 650 in an iron. Mm. I mean, he flat put on a clinic. And I, I can't remember. I might have won the next night or two, but I remember that cast. A lot of You'll remember some of these good ones. Oh, yeah. And But anyway, he got to chewing again on me. I don't know. About a year later, he got it. He got started getting bad again, and I took him back down there to that vet, and he said, "Well, there's really not much we can, much more tooth I can I can get off of him without it hurting him." I said, "Well, that's what I want it to do. I want it to hurt him, make him sore." And so he took him back there and sawed him down some more, and and that really that one really did the trick, because after that he would chew a little bit. But it wouldn't be anything bigger than your pinky uh, or size of a number two pencil or something like that. 
before I ever had his teeth cut the first time, he has stripped the hide off of a cypress tree all the way around. Oh, wow. Just, just ripping it off in shreds. Chew on the side of a, a hickory tree big around as a truck tire, just setting gnaw on it. And You think that kind of come from the, the ear issues and become a habit? or I don't know. You know, I... I grew up, I mean, Cole McAllister, Bill Sites, Glenn, all of them had always told me a dog that'll chew is a dog that'll stay, and he would stay. <clears throat> yeah. Because me and Clifton were hunting one night over at Biomeda, and we turned Sun and Big Brown loose at probably 7 o'clock in the evening. And Sun got in there and got treed across a whole bunch of water and we couldn't get to him and i had to call a friend of mine andy humphrey to bring a boat down there the next morning and that dog had stayed treed from probably 7 seven thirty to i think we may have got to him at eight thirty nine o'clock the next morning mm. he was still treed and andy took a picture we shot that coon out <laughs> <laughs> the dog- <laughs> I think I've seen that picture in the daylight. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the dog was in a trance. He never stood on a tree. He'd always stand with his butt to a tree. And uh, You think I was from shooting them coons? Or was, that, was he like that when you got him? He was like that when I got him. He never looked at the tree where the coon was in. He'd always be backed up to it. Hmm. And he'd be watching you coming in. But when we got out of that boat, we started walking in there to him that morning. He didn't even know we were around. Because he barked. And this is the way he was his whole life that I had him. You could watch the second hand on your watch, and that's about how fast he barked. Nothing flashy, just a steady chop, just like a every second. And we walked in there, and that dog had his eyes closed, standing there with his butt to this tree. He was in a trance. <laughs> He's tired. Yeah, been barking for 13, 14 hours in there. Mm. Um, and when he saw me, he got all happy. He was all jumping all over me and running back to that tree. And we shot that coon out, and he was just a happy dog. Hmm. But, you know, I, the dog just had determination. And he was one of them type of dogs that if he treated on a mailbox, you might get coon bit if you open the lid because <laughs> he would have a coon. Hmm. Uh, just a phenomenal dog an accident now he never reproduced much of anything i think there's about 50 pups out there out of him and i probably had the best one and and he really wasn't worth killing jungle fever jungle fever <laughs> that's a whole nother story in itself. oh my gosh fun dog too really fun couldn't win you you couldn't win anything with him but he was a lot of fun to hunt what about the uh I don't know, 2010, 2011 truck hunt. You got in the finals. Uh, kind of walk us, walk us through it, if you, what you remember of it. Got beat. <laughs> um, on the first cast, Jackie Coomer was judging that cast, and I don't even remember who else was in it. But uh, it, this whole cast, it. It really looks like there's no hope that I can win this cast. Uh, and we had a coon treat and a hole in the ground. 
and it was so thick couldn't get the dogs away from it and they ended up going back son and this female went back and digging trying to dig his coon out and uh, the hunt's on with the cast almost over with <clears throat> and um we get we get them handled again you know they go back again we're, we're scratched so i'm just tearing through that thicket to get to this levee in, a, in one minute and i get him up on that levee he, he'd run a road on you <clears throat> trees a lot of coons doing that too but i got him cut loose on that levee that wasn't just a couple minutes left in that cast and he blew down that levee and got treated right there before the buzzer went off and i treated him and we got down there and he'd ambushed two coons up one tree and that one me the cast wow jackie coomer said i almost believe in santa claus because <laughs> i i mean i wasn't supposed to win this cast and i did <clears throat> but on that I, that, I know that was the late round of the Friday night hunt. So that put me in, that one put me in the final four. And uh, that final four, it, it was just bad luck. He gets, I, I think he treated a coon or two during the cast. I can't really remember, but I remember him getting treated over across a, a, a lake, Big Oxbow Lake, and we walked and walked and walked to get to him. And, and uh, we were headed in there. And Bone came by us, and we could see Sun barking in that hollow log up there. And Sun couldn't kill a squirrel. He loved chewing on coons, but they they had to be dead. And, you know, Bone went in there, and he helped Sun drag that coon out of that log. And so I only got plus strike on that. And, it, and, and Bone gets plus strike as well. Hmm. And, you know, I just got beat, dug one truck. Hey, at least it went back to Arkansas. Right. That's some of my luck. That's, but that's, that's the way the cookie crumbles in these hunts sometimes. You know, I had I had Cherry and Son together at the same time. There's no telling what I probably could have won with Cherry, but Son was a better strike dog. She was a lot of fun to hunt too, but she was a 25 strike dog. But I, I chose to hunt Son because that, you know, hunt half, half of it's 100. If you can get that first strike, and he was a he was a ghost runner. He'd go out there every time you cut him loose. He'd go out there a hundred yards, start opening, running ghost, <laughs> run deer. But he always put coons on the end of them, mm. and um, so I had them both at the at, at the at the same time, and it, it it wasn't a good time to be having cherry. But I ended up breeding her to. I took her up Tam's house, bred her to that shine dog. And that produced some winners. Um, later on, she came in heat again, and I wanted I wanted to breed her to Tennessee Hard Rock. And I went to Tam's house, and we did it in the front yard. And Tam did it the old school way. He collected him, and I eyed Cherry and held her by her back feet like a wheelbarrow mm-hmm. for about 15 minutes, old school. And I think she had six puppies. I can't remember. But every one of them won money. I kept one, and I named him Tiger Woods. Although he had Walker in him, 
He was the poster dog for the black and tan breed. He had no white on him. Beautiful hound. Big mouth. Uh, deer running fool. And he'd tree a lot of coons, but he'd run a lot of deer. We, we'd be down here on the refuge trying to hunt. I'd cut him loose. I'd never see him until he was leaving. <laughs> he'd be on one end of the refuge to the other, hunt, running deer. It's about like Mitch's Josie Wells pup. Yeah, yeah, about the same. Just wild. Um, I ended up selling him to, oh gosh, he, he lives over there by you now, Redbone. Yep, Clay's buddy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sold it to him. He went down there and sat in a lawn chair and let him run deer every night until he run out. <laughs> uh, he ended up selling him to someone. I want to say Ross Blair. Changed his name to Tide. I think that's where, if I, I remember right, I think that's where that dog ended up. I think you're right. He got run over by a car. And that was a shame because that, that was a, a dog with a, a big future. Another puppy in that litter was uh, Bigfoot. That's what I was going to say. Wouldn't Bigfoot off that litter? Yep. I think he ended up winning $20-something thousand. I was thinking he was a platinum champion. <clears throat> I ended up buying a female out of that litter back, and she had four white feet, and I named her Socks. <clears throat> and she was a natural. She never ran any kind of off game, never treated anything. It wasn't a coon. Just a natural, lot of fun to hunt dog. And I, I never hunted her any hunts. I just pleasure hunted her. Uh, I raised a litter of pups off of her and son. And that's where fever came into the picture. The black and tan people were just tearing me alive over the hard rock litter. And I, I mean, they, they, they were just about to hang me at the stake for this <laughs> crossbreeding. And, um, <clears throat> But it worked. Right. Um, I ended up selling Cherry for big money to a guy. And then he turned around and bred her to Batman, I think. I don't know what they ended up doing. Um, I ended up buying her back. Then I sold her again. I just couldn't... I couldn't keep from keeping her. She was so much fun to hunt. I'd sell her and I'd buy her back. Mm-hmm. I, I sold her four or five times. You sold her to a guy in Alabama one time, and I met you. Yeah, hey, I met and got her, and then met you in Nashville, and and you was on that rig in West Virginia. I mean, when I was hunting son, I didn't have time to hunt her. I'd I'd send her off down to Joey McKee's house. Him and his boy would hunt her and have fun with her and treat a lot of coons, and then uh, that I'd get her back and I'd let somebody else take her and hunt her and. Um, I just didn't have time to hunt two dogs when I was hunting son. And so I just, I kind of farmed her out on whoever wanted to hunt a good dog. Right. And then I'd, somebody would call wanting to buy her. So I'd sell her. Then I'd buy her back. Uh, I ended up giving her to a kid in Oklahoma that wanted to, a dog to tree coons. I gave her to him. And um, I just wish that I would have had her at a different time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Cole always told me when I was a kid, you'll only have one one really good dog in your lifetime. And I kind of believe that's true in a way, but I've been lucky to come across a couple of more since son. I, I'd say son would be my measuring stick. I've never seen anything like him. He, You didn't have to give me medicine. 
<laughs> you know, the, you know how it is. These dogs today, they're on thyroid pills and um, constantly having to put doxy down their throat. Yeah, they're all they're all on some kind of medication. But son, I just gave him a dose of Ivermec every month, and he was healthiest dog. <laughs> it's you know that he. I think you know we talked about it last night. You know, the older dog, that older bloodline stuff where you don't even know what some of these dogs and their pedigree's name is, I think it has a lot to do with why these dogs today have to have medication because they're so tightly bred. Right. But anyway, uh, I, I quit hunting son when he was probably 13 years old, 14 years old. I, I, I actually put him to sleep when he was 15 because I any he probably would have lived longer, but I felt sorry for him. Um, cause it, he was passing blood and I, I'd spent a bunch of money on just trying to keep him alive and coughing up stuff. And he's still eating and getting around good, still barking, still had a good mouth. Um, but it, it got to the point that, uh, it was better for him to be, he just wanted to go coon hunting right? and he couldn't do it anymore. And he was his health was so bad. I had I just went ahead and put him to sleep. But so then I'm on the hunt during these times. I'm on the hunt for another dog. Went through a bunch of them. Me and Clifton, uh, we partnered up on several. <clears throat> Some of them were decent, but not really what we wanted. Um, I bought. I tell you one I really liked. I went and bought that uh, Mojo's little tramp female. She'd won five six thousand dollars, and I think I gave fifty five hundred for her. And she could flat tree some coons, but she came out of the north, and we put her in them bottoms down there where them hogs are at, and she couldn't leave the hogs alone. <laughs> she was baying hogs, getting cut up. I was trying to break her. And I think it was me and Mitch Pennington were hunting one night, and she got her guts ripped open. And I knew right then I had to sell her to somebody to, while I had something to sell. Right. And uh, but tree and coons wasn't her problem. Which I ended up buying another dog uh, from W.W. Moore. After that, I think I gave four thousand, five thousand for it, and I didn't keep it a week. Um, it just wasn't my kind. I mean, by herself, that dog would tree coon. I, the first night I took her hunting, I took her by herself. She treed several coons. And then I went with some guys the next night, just kind of throw her in the mix with some other dogs, and she would leave a tree 900 yards to go to another tree dog. Mm. So that they, they, they don't stay with me that long no. doing that. And I ended up selling her to a guy in Kentucky, and he met me at Bass Pro in Memphis, and... Matter of fact, I saw that guy a couple of years ago, and he kept her. I guess she's till she's died. He liked her, but he was more of a pleasure hunting dog. I think he would say raise a bunch of puppies off of her. But I went through a lot of dogs. Um, came across Andy. My, my buddy Ryan Croson called me one day, and he said, "You need to buy this dog." I knew what Andy was. I knew he'd won the wipeout hunt and all that. And 
He said, you need to buy this dog. So I called uh, Michael Moody and just bought the dog off the chain. And he was a pretty good dog. Uh, I did some winning with him. Andy kind of put me in the mind of son the way he get struck. Andy go out there and run them ghosts too. <laughs> and he had a big motor. And I, I treat a lot of coons with that dog because he was he was very accurate. But we battled Eurlichia with him pretty bad. Uh, fooled around and ended up leading a, a male race again. I swore I'd never do it again because it, you know it's kind of back in '09 when I won the national male leader. It, it has prestige, and I mean you can see right here you got. On this wall, you got a wooden plaque, and you got, you know, prestigious things. And it, when I won it in 2018, I got a Xerox copy of a piece of paper. So it, it kind of lost all of its glory to right. be a national leader. Right. But he was a lot of fun to hunt. He was a one-hour cast winning machine. He'd get struck for 100 He'd be through the world, and you'd have to walk most of the cast to get to him, and he'd have a coon. And that, that was his kind of his claim to fame. Now, he treed lots of coons, but one-hour cast was his thing. And Carl Reed helped me pull that off because it was hard for me to do it and try to work. And I couldn't just, I couldn't just throw everything to the side like I did in 09 and run all over the countries, but... Uh, Carl helped me do that. Carl loved that dog so much that uh, when we took that picture for the cover of the magazine, uh, Carl's had him ever since. He's still alive, isn't he? Yeah, he's still alive. He lives in the house over at Carl's. <laughs> chases a weenie dog around. <laughs> and Carl's wife, Lisa, just loves that dog. And, you know, he's probably 13, probably 13 years old now. And I don't think he, I don't think he can see and hear very well anymore. But he's still healthy, and yeah. they love him. And so, yeah, you know, when I gave Carl Andy, I was on the hunt for something else. <clears throat> and then I, one day, I get this phone call from Ryan. There's this dog named Gracie Express. You need to go buy her. Well, Dale Kinder had her. I drew Dale right before you bought her. I drew Dale at the World Hunt. I think he won the cast, and she looks phenomenal this night. He told me that he had something coming up with work that he was he was fixing to sell her if I knew anybody. I'd I'd like to have her, but because her mouth is always stuck, I love stuck it. out to me, and um, I, there wasn't no way I could buy her at the time myself. And then uh, it went it went no time. You had her. She had a very unique mouth, sound like a coyote at times, easy to call. You know, I wish that I w had owned her after Stedman won what he did with Super Stakes. And, uh, but she was kind of past hands here and there being bred. I think they, 
I think she's had four litters of puppies or something. I remember when Doug Havner had the that one dog. I can't remember. Is that a Gracie? That that was a pretty good dog. What do you call him? Squealer or no? no. I don't remember what Doug named that dog, but I'd hunt with that dog. He was pretty good. I think he had a little ill streak in him. But she'd raised four litters of puppies, but I don't think she's really been that good of a reproducer because I, I don't see them popping up anywhere. Right. Um, we actually bred Andy to her, but she didn't take, and I was kind of thankful for that because I told Dale when I bought her, that I'd raise a litter of pups and he'd get him a puppy out of her. And we tried, but she didn't stick. But I had a lot of fun hunting her. She was she was a big hunting dog. You know, I guess she was seven years old when I got her. I just I just recycle these old dogs that people <laughs> are kind of done with. Bring them back to life. Yeah, I'm, it's like son. Uh, when I got him, he'd won about $4,000. Well, his lifetime earnings is twenty eight thousand, and that's all in little bitty hunts. Mm -hmm. I only hunted him in like one or two pro hunts. And I didn't do any good because that was your elite hunt. Then was the three hundred dollar pro pro hunt, blue ribbon hunts. Right. And I didn't do any good at none of them. I put him in, so he I won all that in local hunts. Um, Gracie, I think she'd won around six seven thousand dollars when i got her and and carl he hunted her he he put some winning on her too but the the main thing about gracie is she put me the furthest in the world hunt and the the dog that knocked me out was the dog that beat me and you well me it was me it was me you and lane levert that night mm -hmm. at the world hunt for the money that i've won that cast you won that one yep and well that frank dog he ended up knocking me out uh he got over in that rock quarry in that coal mine and got in inside that, in that big some kind of big silo or something it was treated up that rock wall uh, yeah treated up that concrete wall <clears throat> i don't even remember what happened with my dog on that cast but i remember you know all three of us was on that one i think what sean burden was on it too wasn't he mm -hmm. I, I had 100 100 on a coon out of the truck and that's all it took and I, I hunted her that week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and it was always just something. A couple of them casts, I'd get beat by a covering dog, get beat by a quarter by a dog but then covered me or something like that. And I don't remember what happened on ours with her, but it was always just something that just not wasn't normal that I'd lose. And then Thursday night, or yeah, Thursday night, I drew out for Ramsey, Illinois. Well, that's the armpit of Illinois. Mm -hmm. It's rough. Um, thickets, hills, and I, I just dreaded going up there. And every night, men, before the cast, Steve Yant would give her a shot of Dex because she's old. And that's how we kept her going, kept her <laughs> wheels underneath her, was giving her a shot of Dex. And I get up to Ramsey, and... I win that cast, that first cast. I win it with 500 circle. We've not even treated coon. She's making trees, but I think it's just give, just giving up. Mm -hmm. And I don't think she's treated the first coon. And that really wasn't like her, but I had 500 circle. But anyway, I win that one. 
and go back over to that Ramsey Club and we redraw and go back out and she trees the only coon we look at. So that that puts me in I've doubled up. I'm in the money now. And it was just kinda like it took all week for the train to get on the tracks. And so that put me into the next night and I think that's the cast I drew Wes and Ruby. And I won that one. She treed, she treed three or four coons on that cast, and Ruby was treed over there, and we never got to go score Ruby. But that that was a fun cast to win, and then I won the next one. But so anyway, I'm I'm in I'm in the final six, and you know by scores wise, I she placed fourth in the world hunt. She she ended up getting beat by. Lane and Frank. Y'all went heads up, right? Mm-hmm. And it was pouring down rain. And had her last tree hadn't hadn't been a hollow hickory tree and had a coon on the outside, I would have won that one. Mm. But, you know, it's just all about catching a break, and she didn't catch one. Yeah. And I, I best I remember, I think Frank missed some. Yeah, there was a tree in there. He missed two or three coons in one tree, and Frank's over here. He just missed them. And... That that guy that kind of gave me the edge right there to 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 pull this off, and then she ended up in that tree in that den tree at the end, and that that did it for me. Right. But you know, it it was it was a fun week. Won six thousand dollars on her. She took me the furthest any dog had took me in the world hunt, and I, I that that was a uh, one I always remember. And I and I hunted her. And a lot of hunts uh, until it got to the point that if you want a early round, she she'd look phenomenal on an early round. And if you put her back in the truck and then had to hunt a late round, it's like she couldn't hardly get around. Out of gas. Yeah, out of gas. So yep. had to get on the hunt for something else. And um, and that that leads us over here to this dog over here and this this little house dog. Oh, fancy. Oh, fancy. 